All right. Welcome, everybody, to the D. Stark and Cope Chicago Sports Show. I am Dan Stark. My co-host is... Noah Cope. Excited to be here. Love draft season. Let's, let's, uh, let's get into this week. It's a big week for the Bears. Huge, huge week. I mean, obviously, maybe doesn't feel as huge because of the trade. Uh, no one has ever experienced the Bears picking number one overall. Uh, and I, I guess maybe no one ever will, at least not for the next decade, hopefully. Uh, and, uh, no, no, I take that back. Carolina's pick next year. Yes. <laughs> Should be number one overall. <laughs> I would be <laughs> thrilled uh, by that outcome, but hopefully not the Bears' actual pick uh, at number one. And the Bears are on the clock currently at number nine. And, no, what did you want to do uh, for this thing? Yeah, so my idea for today is we go through and draft sort of our ideal outcomes for the Bears. So that could be who we want them to take at nine. Maybe we want them to trade back. Maybe we even want them to trade up. But sort of going through and drafting, going back and forth, maybe we do you know, three picks each, kind of talking through what our ideal dream scenarios are for the Bears. But it has to be within possibility. So you can't say, you know, Will Anderson at nine, right? It's just, I've not seen a single mock draft where he falls there. So it has to be within possibility, but um, drafting the the best possible outcomes. Okay. So this is your idea. So why don't you go first? All right. So I'm going to start us off. Not so, I don't think it's going to be such a hot take, but to me, the dream scenario is that Jalen Carter falls to number nine. I think getting the value of what for a lot of people is the top overall player on the board at nine, that alone, I think could justify the pick on top of that. He plays what many would argue is the bears biggest position of need. Now you're talking about a home run. When you watch the guy play, he's a freak athlete, constantly disruptive against double teams. He sheds blockers. Um, I get the off the field stuff is worrisome, but it's the draft, and you're going to have to take a gamble on someone. So why not do it with the guy who put out the best, probably the best tape in all of college football, and just so happens to play the position that is the Bears' biggest need. Yeah, and it, and look, it's hard for me to argue with this because it, when the Bears got the number one pick, if they weren't going to trade back, I think most people thought they should take Jalen Carter. Now, I think overwhelmingly people thought, well, they got to trade the pick. But if they had stayed, there was a good chance that was big. Now, that was before a lot of this other stuff came to light. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the, A, the charges against him? Let's cover the charges first. What do you think of that? Is that a red flag for you? Listen, the, to me, the bigger red flag of the two things is is the fact that someone actually let him work out at the pro day like he, he whoever's guiding him that's a little worrisome that they actually let him go through that workout when he clearly was not in the in you know physical shape to do so and couldn't finish the workout so to me that's the biggest red flag of it all but like i said it's not like there's you know some prospect in my opinion that's jumping off the board for them to take at nine so given that you're talking about a crapshoot anyways why not why not gamble on the guy who for many, just by his play, is is the number one overall prospect in this draft. And yeah, maybe something could come out where you know the the off the field legal issues get to a point where you can't take them off. You know, you, you just have to take them off the board. 
But until that happens, I haven't seen anything that that would warrant doing so. Yeah, so the the charges, I mean, it just kind of seems like he's a guy who likes to drive fast, which I don't think is, it's not the greatest thing, but I don't think it's the craziest thing for a 21 or 22-year-old kid, however old that he is, to like to go fast. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the circumstances, I don't like to say this because it sounds like I'm an Alabama basketball coach here, but wrong place <laughs> at wrong time, like it, was like the accident wasn't his fault there no one is saying that um just that the the person that he was messing around with uh, did something terrible and um you know they both paid for it with their lives unfortunately it's a really Um, really unfortunate situation and i do think that the pro day thing you know that not getting through it the the weight gain all of it it sounds like he to me when i heard that it was like sounds like this kid's probably depressed like he had this thing, this terrible thing uh, happened to these people that he was close to in some way that he probably does feel responsible. Now, like they're telling him he's kind of responsible in some way by filing these charges. Uh, It all kind of fits in with someone who's been impacted by what happened. Um, But at the same time, there's a chance that it's not. Right. There's a chance that maybe he is a bad apple and maybe he is undisciplined. And that's why he showed up to a pro day and all this other stuff. Um, I I would tend to agree with you that at number nine, like it's worth rolling the dice. The whole thing feels a little um, Warren Sapp E to me. You know, this is uh, maybe before you were born, even. I don't even know when Sapp yeah, came it's in. It's a little before my time. So give the context. <laughs> Uh, that he was just everyone knew that the guy was really good, but there were a bunch of things, a bunch of red flags people had. I think he like was an I can't remember if he tested positive for weed, but there were things back then that had happened where like supposedly people had pulled him off the board. And I think he ended up going in the certainly in at least the late teens, I think, when a lot of people thought that he was maybe the kind of like Jalen Carter, the, the best player uh, talent-wise out there, the guy that was going to have the most impact. And instead he fell to, I don't know, I'm going to look it up while you're, when you respond. Instead he fell way down the board and then obviously ended up having a Hall of Fame career because everyone that didn't pull him off, everyone was right, essentially. This guy was a stud. Uh, he just kind of, you know, had a, had some issues, but was able to kind of overcome them and was productive enough that whatever else he brought to the table didn't really matter. Yeah, the one that everyone points to, you know, recently is is the Tunsil one. And I don't know how much of a parallel that is, but that's just another example of a guy who, you know, you see this jarring video of him wearing, you know, the the, the, the grass long mask. mask. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden he's off people's board and now he's a perennial all pro and one of the best tackles in football. But I think the really important part about this pick is also you kind of got it. You mentioned it, you know, briefly is the context, right? If you're backing up to when the bears get the number one overall pick, you're going to say they're going to get the haul that they get from the Panthers and then also end up with Carter. Like you can't, you can't draw it up better than that from the day the season ended to the draft. I'm curious though, is that, was that the number one pick on your, on your quote unquote draft board or did you have something else ahead of that? Um, Because I knew you were going to go first and I assumed you were going to do Carter I don't know if I I don't know if it would be number one it probably would be and I don't know if we said this last time but 
Carter for me is the only guy that I would go defense on with this pick, I think. Um, by the way, uh, Sap fell to 12. So not as far down as I remembered, but maybe maybe even more similar to uh, to Jalen Carter than I think. And I would agree with you. I would be shocked if Carter makes it to the Bears. I would be shocked if they didn't take him. Yeah, all um, indications do point to the fact that if he is available at nine, he's the pick. Yeah, I and I did see something. And let's talk real quickly uh, about how feasible that is. Because I I had seen a lot of stuff linking him to the Seahawks at their five, right? Yeah. So if we're just talking through the scenario in which it happens, it's probably what Seattle takes Richardson, Detroit goes cornerback, Vegas goes cornerback, Atlanta. I mean, maybe you know um, Tyree Wilson's available at at eight for Atlanta, and then Carter's there at nine. Is that sort of what you had in mind as well? I mean, a certain amount of the quarterbacks would definitely have had to be off the board for it to be a possibility. Yeah, I think that for, well, what I was going to say is I, you know, been seeing a lot of uh, Seattle, him going to Seattle at five. And then I just read something today. I think it might've been McShay uh, saying that he doesn't think that they will take Carter uh, at five, that they might trade back or that they might kind of surprise people and take a QB which until the last week or so, I don't think most people had been projecting for them. Well, that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is that when you read the Geno deal originally, it looks like it's this three-year, $100 million contract. That guy's on a one-year deal. So I do think it's more of a possibility that they go quarterback than people actually want to let on. Yeah, and even if it, you know, even if it was a three-year deal, like we, we've seen quite a bit, especially you take a guy like Richardson, who's like 20, right? Uh, yeah, 20 or 20, 20 or 21. I think I saw, um, 21. He is 21. Okay. Uh, but you know, in look, it's not the greatest idea to take a guy, uh, and plan to sit him three years, Jordan love style, but because they're pretty quickly, then you're losing the benefit of having a rookie quarterback. But I, I think you're right that I know that they can get out of Smith after, uh, one year, they can probably get out after two although maybe not as easily, or maybe there's more, maybe more of a dead cap thing. Um, But I would assume that having Smith just gives them more, uh, less of a sense of urgency to rush somebody into the lineup. And look, Geno Smith was really good. He was pretty good the year before when Wilson got hurt, but also he was markedly worse in the second half than he was in the first half. So I, I don't think that they're looking at Geno Smith thinking we've solved our quarterback problem for the next decade. So gun to your head, do you think Carter's going to be there at nine? Because as much as I think it would be an absolute home run if he does fall, I'm not getting my hopes up. I think the guy is just too talented uh, that someone will will take the risk on him ahead of, of the Bears at nine. But the reason yeah, I think the number think one I, is because it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yes, it's it's possible, but I I would say it's just too many teams passing on him that I think that's so like, you know, he, supposedly now he's going to get past Seattle. Is he going to get past the Lions, though? I don't know. That's a, they just traded Akuda, so they could definitely be in the market for corner, and they went Hutchinson last year. So 
not out of the realm of possibility. Look, this is, but defensive line is a place where you cannot have too many good players. And we saw, look, everyone thought that Donald was going to, once he got past, uh, was it the Giants at nine? I got now. I got to look up the, that draft. Everyone thought that once he got past whoever was the pick for th- that the Bears would get him because the Rams had a stacked defensive line, and they did right. not have a need on on the, at the defensive line, and they took him anyway because he was clearly a stud, and that is something that has haunted the Bears ever since. You know, the Bears ended up taking, I think, with their both of their top two picks, they took guys defensive linemen that year, right? They took the Floyd. Is that what? No, that you traded up no, for Floyd the, the next took, year. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bears took Fuller that year. They took Fuller that year. Oh, and then spent both their second rounders because they took that their their next two picks. The guy from Arizona State. All right, wait, the hell. Now I got to look this shit up. Uh, yes, but the point stands that I, I agree that if he's there for Detroit at whatever they are six, they're six. Yeah, it's going to be hard for them for them to pass him up, but. Both of us are in agreement. Carter is the dream scenario. It's an A plus draft if the Bears are able to, you know, land him at nine. So, with that off the board, who are you going for uh, with the number two overall pick in this draft? And it's not a snake draft, so we're just going to go back and forth. So, I think my my next dream scenario, I guess, is that all four of the perspective tackles uh that we're look that we're supposedly looking at here um which would be uh paris jones jr uh peter s from <laughs> northwestern or paris johnson jr excuse me broderick jones uh peter s uh from Ferranti, northwestern northwestern yes and darnell wright from tennessee those are kind of generally the the four guys all four of those guys are still on the board and the bears trade back to a position where they can still get uh, one of those guys, but again, get more capital. It's uh, number two process. on my board as well, but flesh it out for, for the audience. Yeah. So I would assume that, you know, try to stay in, you know, in that top 18 or so, there, there. It does seem like there is a run there in uh, the teens of teams that might be looking uh, for tackles, and you definitely don't want to go so far back that you miss out on one of these guys. But at the same time, quite honestly, if they're not at nine anymore, um, I don't know that I'm as married to picking for offense as I might have been at nine with Jalen Carter off the board. Uh, I, I think they fortify either line and I'm, and I'm probably pretty good. I know they're saying there's not very many starting quality, uh, defensive tackles on the board. Uh, I do like the Kalijah Kansi kid though. Um, so if they did trade back, uh, and they couldn't get a tackle, I would be okay with them get picking him up for sure. Uh, he's one of my favorite prospects in the draft. Yeah. I think the key, so I, this was, like I said, number two on my board, I think the key to this move that you talk to four different people and they might have four different, you know, tackles who are their, their top guy on their board. So at nine, it doesn't seem like you're really getting the amount of value 
at that pick that you would want if you just sat there and took one of them. And then the other thing is if you're able to get additional, you know, capital in next year's draft. I don't know, if, you know, when you were looking at, you know, the, the draft board, there's not a ton of awesome, like, it seems like the consensus is this isn't a great, you know, a great draft. It seems like ne- next year's draft is going to have a lot of the prospects that, you know, people are excited about. So the more, you know, assets you're able, and capital you're able to get in that draft, the more flexibility you're going to have. Uh, so I agree that moving back, you don't, definitely you don't want to miss out on one of them because it certainly seems like there's a drop off after you know, that top four, but you move back, you get, you know, any one of them, preferably in my opinion, Skaronsky or, you know, Paris uh, Johnson. Um, but any one of them would be fine. And it'd be fitting a, you know, probably the second or depends who you talk to first biggest need on the roster. All right. Awesome. All right. So what do you, what are you taking now? Yeah. So I think this is going to be the first maybe curveball of the draft. But to me, it's trading back. Maybe you, you move back to like 11 with the Titans if one of those quarterbacks fall. Because I think at nine, this guy would be too rich for my blood. But you take Jackson, Smith, and Jigba um, mm. after after a trade back. I think to start, I think people are just putting way too much on the year he had last year where he basically didn't see the field because of a hamstring injury. If you go back two years ago when that guy was playing next to Garrett Wilson and, and Chris Olave both, you know, had pretty awesome rookie years and are both looking like they're going to be studs. He was the best of the three broke school records in receiving yards and in receptions. If you talk to any one of those guys, they'll say he's the best of the three. So I, I kind of like the, like, I actually think that they'd be getting solid value if they got him at 11, as crazy as that sounds. Um, because of how awesome he was two years ago. And I think people are overlooking that. And on top of that, I just like the idea of surrounding fields with as many weapons as possible. When you look around the league and you see the young quarterbacks that have had success, they've been just invested in, in weapons. You look at Hertz last year. I don't think it's a surprise that they drafted Devontae Smith. Then they go trade for AJ Brown. And all of a sudden he takes off. Two is a guy that looks like he's probably out of the league. You know, they draft Waddle. And then last year, they go out and trade for Tyreek Hill. That guy, I mean, before the injuries, people are talking about him as maybe not, you know, an all-pro quarterback, but a real viable starter that can win you games. Burrow, they draft, um, they draft Chase Higgins. You know, they surround him with weapons. Herbert's coming with Williams, uh, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, even Mahomes. It's got Hill and Kelt. Like all these young quarterbacks that have had success, it's because they've just been surrounded with a ton of weapons. And so I don't. Like I kind of like the idea of trading back, getting some draft capital, and then getting the best receiver, in, you know, the guy who I think is the best receiver in the draft, and Jackson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. But you think though that two picks at nine, it's too rich for you, but at eleven, it's it's okay. Yeah, because what do you think you're pro- you're probably picking up a second round pick. So, but what if they uh, what if they can't trade back? Would you st- would you take him at nine if he's there and Carter is gone? And all the I mean, tackles listen, are if, there. Yeah, I would rather take a Jigbat nine than any of the tackles. If those are my two options, I'd rather take a Jigbat nine than any of the two tackles. And it's for the mm-hmm. reason I just said. I just want to surround Fields with as many weapons as possible. I think that's 
the common denominator to a lot of the quarterbacks that have had success. Burrow's getting killed out there. They passed on Sewell, but he's you know he's got Chase right. Like it's it's one of the reasons I think that he's as good as he's been. So I want to give Fields all the weapons. You get in Jigba. You've got more. You've got you know uh, Mooney. You got Claypool. I think you're setting up Fields for a really really successful 2023. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't dislike the idea, but I also feel that they've already spent a ton of 2023 draft capital uh, on receivers. Because if you, you know, we talked about the Claypool trade, which uh, I will reiterate, I was never a fan of, but it looks especially horrible now. So you spent that. And also you gave up, presumably, more draft capital that you could have gotten this year in order to get uh, DJ Moore in the fold. So I don't know if I, I, I don't think it's the worst idea because, you know, both uh, Claypool and Mooney are up for extensions. Uh, you know, Mooney, I think is a decent player. Uh, I don't think he's a superstar. And I do think that JSN has the potential to be a superstar. So I'm not against it. I like the idea of loading him up with weapons. I like the idea of not really feeling like, well, now we have to resign Mooney and we have to resign Claypool or we have to pick, we have to resign one of those two and maybe overpay uh, in order to do it. So I, I'm not against it. I just think that they've done. And, uh, Look, it's always hard to know with these injuries. It's the same thing with Jalen Carter, too. It's always hard to know with these injuries. These guys know their top picks. So are they really hurt or are they just kind of being safe with it? And so are they actually guys who are injury prone? Because it was a hamstring, right? Yeah, it's a hamstring. And that's generally not an area that you want a guy to be getting injuries to because that's something that they generally don't really fix. Like, it's not like uh, even a torn ACL, which used to be like a death sentence. It gets fixed, and then usually they're fine. Hamstrings are one of those things that can just kind of follow a guy throughout his career. Uh, but again, you don't know what the severity is. So I always have – it's hard to know, are these actual durability concerns or are these guys just being safe with themselves because they know that they're going to be a high pick and they don't want to jeopardize that? Yeah, no, all, all fair concerns. But the other thing is it's not like there's anyone, you know, if they're sitting there at nine – you can't find a trade back that it's like there's a penne stool, you know, laying in their, in their lap to take at, at tackle. None of those tackles to me, I've, at least I've, I haven't seen anyone grade those tackles on, you know, that kind of level. So I'd rather just take the chance on, I mean, if you watch, I, you know, today I was watching some of his 2021 highlights, especially that Rose bowl where he had like 300 yards and whatever, yeah. like three touch. I mean, the guys is incredible. And yeah. Again, I you have no idea. I, I agree the severity of that, um, of that hamstring injury. But when you talk to the guys who played with him, Olave, um, and Wilson, they all say he's the best one of the three. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean that's 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 powerful. Uh, and look, I. The more I think about, it, the more I'm like, yeah, maybe I would. But then again, I'm i at that point then it doesn't even require the trade back. I mean, look, if he's still going to be there, which, which he probably would be uh, at 11, but if that's the guy you want and you're 
convinced that he's just are you going to trade even are you even going to bother trading back if he's there i don't know who picks 10 it's the eagle oh well well presumably they are not in the market for receiver but again <laughs> the the rule of aaron donald might apply here and you just never know because again people looking at the bears are like well they're not going to take a receiver either you just don't know what another team is going to do. So if that that is a guy that's on your board, and it wouldn't surprise me given the Ohio State connection there. Yeah, that's also a guy um, that Fields I think has publicly. Well, I mean, I don't think he's gone you know to crazy extents, but I, I think I have heard him on podcast lobbying to, to take him. I think he said yeah, it on on one of the podcasts that that's certainly before had. the certainly before the trade. I know he was saying that he would like the Bears to find a way to get him. Right. All right. Uh, so, that's the guy who I had number three overall on my board. I'm taking with my second pick. Who do you got with your your second pick? Uh oh boy. That was gonna be that was gonna be my move. All right. So I think then with my what did I do last time? I traded down and still traded took down a ta- and took a tackle. Yeah. Took a tackle. All right. Now I'm gonna trade. Wait, down. before honestly, I'm curious which one of the tackles. I didn't ask you which one of the tackles is is your preference. I mean, I know it's hard to to. Oh God, it's so hard to know. Uh, I probably like Paris Johnson Jr. Just the athleticism and. Well, also, it seems like he's the only one that people are saying is for sure a left, a left tackle. tackle, right? Yeah. Which, and look, I think. I, uh. Braxton Jones did a great job last year. Like he was better than anyone could have hoped. So it's not that I'm like, well, you have to kick him over to the right side, but I at least want a guy who gives you the option. Right. Like uh, if, if he struggles or if they feel like, you know, Braxton Jones was was a a good left tackle, he could be an amazing right tackle. Um, I don't like the idea that they're already saying that some of these other guys aren't left tackles. There some of them they think are, Skronsky, right yeah, guard, they're right thinking tackle, as a guard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that, you know, we just kind of saw it play out with Tevin Jenkins. It was like he apparently, not like we had a whole lot of tape, but they decided like this guy can't, this guy can't cut it at tackle. They kick him inside and he is an extremely well-rated guard. I think a top three rated guard. Is that uh PFF, PFF top yeah. three. Yeah. 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 So it's not as hard of a position to fill, obviously, uh, with that. And if they're gonna if they're gonna pick a guy, I want a guy that they are sure is a left tackle. It can play left tackle. Not that they couldn't kick him to the right side, but they're not drafting him knowing, oh, we have to plug this guy in the right side. Because quite honestly, that was the other problem with Tevin Jenkins. He had played right tackle in college, and they were like, Oh, we're gonna play him at left tackle. Yeah. All right. So we're in agreement there. Um, your second round pick is. So I, I would say take, just take Paris Johnson. If you can't trade down, just take Paris Johnson at nine. Interesting. All right. So that was going to be, I mean, I know after this, we we're going to sort of talk about the outcomes we didn't want to see. That's one of your outcomes you don't want to see. I just taking a tackle at nine and not getting any additional value for that pick was one of the outcomes I didn't want to see. Well, I thought that- I don't I mean you've pulled off the things that I really like. Right. Uh so I'm with you that it's not it's not ideal but like we talked about with my 
dream scenario of just continuing to cascade our way down the board, you have to find a trading partner. Right. And if I'd... you can't, and if you can't find someone that puts you in a position to still grab one of the guys that you are very high on, then at some point you just got to make a pick. Right. All right. So you're saying stay at nine and take Paris Johnson. I'm going to say, I guess. And I hate even, I'm sorry. I hate even committing this because I haven't seen, like I've seen so little tape on any of these guys. So it's all based on the shit I read. So Um, why don't we, why don't we frame it as like, Stay at nine, and whoever their top-rated tackle is, go out and get that guy. Yeah, go after, and that way later I can criticize them for not taking the right one. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so for my, we'll say my final pick, I said stay at nine and take Nolan Smith. Are you familiar with Nolan Smith? I, I know Georgia. who he is. Yeah, I know who he is. Uh, tell me why you you like him at nine. I just, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. You're, you're in a draft where they're just it, – it doesn't seem like there's a ton of awesome can't miss prospects. So I just think get the guy who's the number one overall high school player, just as you know, as a freak athlete, ran a four three nine. I get that he's a little undersized, but he plays edge, which is very you know a, a big need for the Bears. And you watch the guy play; he's, he's running around the field and, and making plays at Georgia. So. I, I want the guy who just projects well as the athletic freak, had had the high school pedigree, came out and was a big part of of Georgia's success in winning two national championships. I know he missed the end of this year with a torn pec, so the medicals would obviously have to come back and, and be okay on that. But I just he seems like a guy that's going to project really well at the next level in a draft where there isn't a you know a ton of ton of sure things. So why not take a guy with with a bit of pedigree there? And I should I should have asked this before. Are you assuming, like with uh, Will Anderson, that there's no way that Tyree Wilson falls to nine? Yes, I I haven't seen I haven't seen I think a draft with him with Tyree Wilson falling that far. If Anderson or Wilson are available, absolutely go take them. To me, Smith was the best available edge rusher that was a possibility for the Bears. And that's staying at nine, right? Yeah, staying at nine. I don't think he's – actually, I don't know because, again, we'll see what happens with the medical. He is a little undersized. Um, so I guess he could be available. But, yeah, that's staying at nine and, and taking taking Nolan Smith. Now, and you would – is that because – so you would rather take Nolan Smith at nine than take what, some of these tackles who most uh, consensus would say are higher – more highly rated than Nolan Smith. Mm, yeah, I would rather, I, I just think Nolan Smith has, he, he gives you the possibility of hitting a home run at that pick in a way More that I game don't think, changing. Right. In a way that I don't think the tackles do. Gotcha. So okay. I, I'd rather, right. yeah, I'd rather go Smith. All right, so I guess, and now that I think about it, I should have done this before because I said I, I kind of combined my picks. So the first one was trade back and still get one of the tackles. So my next one is going to be, I'm on the I'm on the clock, right? Yeah, you're on the clock. Is trade back and get Kalajikansi. Okay, this is an interesting one because there's a lot of mixed, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a lot of sort of mixed reviews on this guy. Some guys, some people I've read thinks he, he's going to be a game changer. And others are are very very worried about the arm length 
and the size. So talk me through the the Kansi pick. The kids. All right. So the the thing that I like least about Kalaji Kansi is the fact that he went to Pittsburgh, <laughs> because now it's like way too similar. Like, oh yeah, he's gonna be the next Aaron went to see God. I don't like any of that stuff. Uh, but other than that, the so many of the things that people are dinging him on are the exact same things that people ding Aaron Donald for, despite a ton of college production. And I think he had, I think I saw it was fourteen sacks the last two years playing inside. That's insane. And especially because, uh, what the hell is this guy's name? The, uh, the guy they signed from the Raiders, uh, the, the huge guy. Oh the, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. You're talking uh, Billings. Yeah. Andrew, Bill, Andre, Andre Billings, Andrew Billings, Andrew Billings. Yeah. Because they signed Billings. That's he is a, in a four, three, you have one guy who's like just a space eater. And then you have one guy who can get after it. Who's like a, a quicker, uh, more agile guy. And that's a good fit for them. I think, um, I don't think that, you know, I, I've heard all kinds of things like oh, where this kid's going to go. Um, but I would think that they could probably go a little further back down into the deep teens, if not maybe a little further the twenties. Yeah. Yeah. And still get him. And I do think that one of the things that really does kind of screw this draft up for them a little bit and why trading back is such a, a tempting thing is because of that gap between the picks because of the, the Claypool trade that it's such there. What is it? 44 spots. Yeah. It's in the fifties is their next pick. And that's the whole, it's like, you look at, you look at, okay, well, they're not going to take, now they're not going to take a tackle with the number nine pick. What tackle is going to be on the board at 53. Right. Right. What, what reasonable edge rusher, is going to be on the board at 53. So for me, uh, even though I know I already said one that where I would just take a tackle, uh, I think most of my ideal scenarios involved that trade back um, just to get more, hopefully snag a early second round pick this year. And even if it means, you know, they package one of their later picks in order to get that pick, uh, in the mid second round or whatever, or the early second round. Um, I would just like to see them have another crack at at least like a top 50 guy. Right. And then it makes, it also just makes it easier for you to take the swing on a guy who there are definitely some real concerns about his size when you're able to sort of pick up that extra draft capital. But I, I listen, I'm not opposed to it for similar reasons that I like, you know, the idea of potentially getting Nolan Smith. It's here's a guy when a four, six, seven, 40 yard dash, a tackle was super productive in college, like has the, the potential to be, you know, a, a real home run in a draft where it doesn't seem like there are a ton of guys who have that potential. Yeah. If you're able to go back, pick up some, some capital and take one of those guys, it makes it easier to sort of take that swing. Yeah. And he's got a great name. Collage can't see. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It rolls. I mean, that's a great name. So can I, can I throw out one that I don't think you're going to like at all, but I'm starting to warm up to the the possibility. Sure. You want to, do you think you can take a guess at what I might be throwing out here or no? Robinson. Yeah. B. John Robinson. 
So I don't think he's going to be available if they trade back. So it would have to be them taking him at nine. And it's a combination of what I said about Carter and what I said about Njigba, right? We talk about a guy when a lot of people's boards is arguably the second overall prospect who's been compared to all the top running backs that have come out in years past, the McCaffrey's of the world, the Ezekiel Elliott's of the world, right? He's got that kind of pedigree. And so I don't, again, I, I get that. I get he's a running back and I get that. It just, it's a tough investment to make in, in the first round. But when you're talking about getting a guy who's on you know, second overall on a lot of people's boards at nine, like that alone, I, I already don't hate that value. Um, and then it's just, it's what I said about Njigba, where you're just like, surrounding fields with as many weapons as possible and putting together what would arguably be the most dynamic run game in football. And he's also a guy that was able to catch passes out of the backfield and be explosive that way as well. So that's just what I want to throw out there. I don't think I, I think that they get a lot of pushback and rightfully so if they did it, but I'm not like deep down. I think it, in you know, it's in my heart of hearts. I'm not going to say that I'd be super, super upset if that was the pick. Uh, that is my number one worst case scenario is that they okay. stay at nine. <laughs> there you they go. Stay, they stay at nine and take this kid. And look, he seems like a good prospect for a running back. Although he a lot seems of like things, a great prospect for a running back. Well, a lot of things I said, uh, the things I've read said he's not as good of a prospect as Saquon was. And Saquon Barkley's had two good years out of five. Like it's just it, the position, the attrition at that position is just so high. And Saquon Barkley was undoubtedly the best running back prospect that had come along in probably, I don't know, 20 years or certainly uh, the last 15 or so. And even he has not been a sure thing in part because of injuries but injuries are so much more common at that position. So it's not like you'd be like, oh, you have bad luck. It's like this is a position that gets injured, gets chewed up and spit out, and then you're done. I, I agree with the people that say that it's just a bad value to take this kid at number nine. A lot of people, the other thing I read is he's not even as good of a prospect as uh, Taylor was. And Taylor didn't even go into the second round. Oh, he's a way better. I have, I'm pushing back. He's a way better. I've, I've seen people who said he's as good as any of the prospects to come out in the last – 10 years. He's as good as any of those guys. I've seen McShay say it. Um, I think I've seen Kuiper say it. I, I've seen that this guy is, I mean, he was as productive as any of those guys in college. And I've seen as a prospect that he's as good. So let's, I guess, let me put, let me phrase the question this way. Say that yeah. he is that level of prospect, right? Say that he is the, the McCaffrey level, the Barkley level, you're still out on the pick, right? It's still your nightmare scenario. If I'm taking away that argument that he's not as good as those guys. Yeah. I, I still, I still wouldn't do it just because look at even McCaffrey, like he's had three, uh, two injury prone years. Like these guys can't, it's hard. Do you give them a heavy workload and they break down? Like it's playing next to Justin Fields. I don't think the guy's going to have a heavy workload, right? You're, you're talking about potentially having the most dynamic running game. Actually, probably not even potentially, right? That is the most dynamic running game in football with those two next to each other. And he can go out and, and catch passes out of the backfield and be a weapon that way. Yeah, I I, I don't like that. Uh, there, there's no selling. The other thing is, 
their running back room is probably one of the places that I'm happiest with what they have. I like yeah, I like her. I thought Foreman was a good signing. Right. Again, it's definitely not one of the top four needs that they have. Probably even top five, but it's not like any of those names jump off the board. You're not like, oh my God, they've got Herbert or oh my God, they've got Foreman. Yeah, but that's the way the position is nowadays. This isn't this isn't 1981. Like the yeah, most look what, team. look what Barkley just did. I mean, again, you he did get hurt a couple. Look what he just did for that giant season last year. He's probably the number one reason why that team. I mean, I'll say Dable's one. Number two reason why that team just made the playoffs. Uh Dable's definitely number one. Uh or whatever they did, whatever coaches he brought along with him. Um maybe. Maybe, I mean, as much as but it took five years, to, and now and now he's about to get super expensive. Like smart, it's not. Look at the Niners; they just were willing to trade for CMC, right? Like they gave major capital to get that guy. Like as much as yeah, like, that was dumb. Teams, they just went to the NFC Championship game, and he was a huge reason why. And they probably would, was he? Probably they potentially would have won that game had had Purdy not been hurt. He's a vocal point of the, of that offense. Yeah, uh, I I didn't like that trade for the Niners, quite honestly. I mean, it was nice to get that guy, but he's making a lot of money already. Uh, I just, I no longer believe that running backs are worth it. And look, we don't know, but did, was that a good trade for the Niners? I don't know. They looked like they were doing okay with uh, Wilson and whoever else they had. They were fine. And the Eagles go and take him at 10. And Who? he's awesome next year next to Hertz. Is that going to change your mind in any sort of no. way? No. Okay. All right. No, honestly, it doesn't matter how good this guy is. I, I think that you talk about the, taking a tackle at nine, not being a good value. I just, there's, there's almost, there's too much risk associated with running backs. These guys come in and they don't, it's not that it's not even that they don't always pan out. Like I've seen enough of these guys come in and not pan out in my lifetime. That happens at every position, but also the attrition is just too high. The career length is so short. Look, and you don't want – nobody does well in that second contract with – is a running back. Nobody. Yep, that's true. But, again, we're talking – well. we, we want to capitalize. What do we What do we talk about, I think, last episode? We talked – wanting to capitalize on, on fields in that rookie contract. Yeah. So this would be a move that is about capitalizing on fields in that – you know the last three years of that five-year timetable. No, because at the I don't, what is the nine slot? What is that slot at? It's like a lot of money for a running back already. You're paying like a running back like a second, like almost the equivalent of what they make on their second contract. Okay, and but then let's go back to that Niners trade. Say the guy is really, really awesome. You flip him. What did the Niners get? What did uh, what did the the Panthers just get in that deal? A couple second-round picks and a third. Like there's there's clearly value out there. For an awesome running back. Yeah, I think that there there is a less than five percent chance that he puts together two years like the ones that McCaffrey had before he started getting hurt. Okay. All right. So there's I mean, listen, if you didn't like the McCaffrey trade, then there's nothing that's gonna be able to sell you on this pick. Do you have sort of well, a well McCaffrey look if McCaffrey if they'd done the McCaffrey trade after the two huge years that he had and not the two 
injury prone years followed by another one this year was he healthy this whole year no he was already kind of a little banged up too this year right yeah but he that was that was the main reason why i didn't like that trade because like the he's it's so uncertain he's i know that mccaffrey is still like surprisingly young he came out pretty is it i think he was like 20 when he was drafted so he's not as old as some of these guys but just doesn't work all right so what are you gonna say sorry sorry this was like my guilty pleasure pick if you want to call it that, do you have sort of like a guilty pleasure? This is sort of a pick that I think a lot of people would be upset at, but you wouldn't mind it if it's the move. Well, I was going to say probably that JSN would have JSN. been. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I don't think that most people are thinking uh, they need, and I see, I can justify more of the value because I do think that he has, true star upside which i don't see out of anyone except for more uh in that room and there is plenty of room to have two star receivers on your team right all right so should we get into sort of i mean i guess we started getting into a few the the worst possible outcomes on on draft day yeah, I mean that 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 literally was my first one was that they stay at nine and take Robinson. Yeah. So what right. is what, well, what so is yours? I mean, this sort of goes without saying, and I still I think as early as last week have seen it floated, and we definitely don't have to talk about it too much. But drafting a quarterback at nine, right? I mean that would be an absolute disaster in my opinion. If Wait, that what? Is. I've still seen people say that they, you take Richardson and not. As as early as last week, I've seen I've seen that been talked about on. Wait, who? Where? Why? Right. Okay. So we don't have to spend too much time on it, but that's obviously the number. Right. That's above Bijan Robinson. I would. Nine. Yes, I would be more upset with that than I would. Bro. Okay. I had never. I hadn't seen anyone saying that. Okay. So let's just get. But wait. That. What's the What's the argument there? Then what do you do with Fields? You trade him on draft day. Yeah. You move. You you take Robinson. You take uh, Richardson. And then you you move off of fields and you reset the clock was sort of the argument. You've already picked up a lot of draft capital. You pick up more draft capital by dealing fields and you take Anthony Richardson. Yeah, that's crazy pants. Disaster. Okay. So let's let's get into what we think are actual real possibilities of worst worst possible outcome. And to me, the number one that I had on my board was any sort of trade up. I think the draft capital is already not as ideal as we'd like by virtue of the second round picks they got back in both those, the trades that they made or had to give up in the Claypool trade, got back in the, in the uh, Panthers trade. And there's no one that I think is, is reason enough to want to trade up for. It's not like there's some awesome offensive line prospect, some awesome defensive line prospect that I really think it merits a trade up and the roster has enough holes on it. I'd rather just get as many bites as the apple, um, try and retain as many assets or try and add as many assets as, as possible with a trade back um, and add to the roster as much as possible uh, and take as many, you know, the draft is a gamble. So take as many, you know, have as many bites as the app at the apple as possible. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, Part of me was like, would I be willing to give up a little bit to trade up and take Jalen Carter? Uh, maybe. I don't like it either, though. And uh, the more I think about it, I really don't like that they didn't somehow make Carolina give up that number, like, 39 pick. 
instead of the in the 60s and i don't know what i mean that's there's a huge value difference there uh but i would i don't know that seems like that's a real that's a tough pill to swallow for me that like you trade with the shitty team and you get their worst of their second round picks uh my guess was that it's sort of the the talk the the win was dj Moore over a, a 2025 first and so they weren't really negotiating past once they got that done, all right, let's, let's. Well, that's fucking dumb. If that's the case, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I think the I think that was the win, right? I don't point. think I think I think it was. We got DJ Moore. We're not going to win this argument too. Yeah, maybe, but uh, I'd rather have know. DJ Moore I, than and I'd rather. How's this? I'd rather have DJ Moore in the later second round pick than the 2025 first in the earlier second round pick, right? If that's sort of where where the line in the sand was drawn. Uh, yeah, I just think that it's not necessarily the way that it had to play out. Because the, I, look, am I always going to want more in a trade? Yes. And if they had done my cascade down the board, they would have had all of these picks. So <laughs> I don't, don't want to hear about limitations. Yeah. Unrealistic getting... cascade down the board, sure. Why is it unrealistic? Never been ha- never been done before. Until yeah, that's I what makes it, ha- it, until makes, I see it happen, it, I'm going to call it unrealistic. That's what makes it a good idea. People have no vision. That's why That's why they're all terrible yeah, at their I jobs. Agree with, so I will agree with you. I definitely thought about the possibility, like, you know, Carter is this prospect that is being talked about. Just when strictly on the field as one of the better guys to come out in the last few years and plays the position, like I said, that is probably the Bears' biggest hole. So I definitely thought about, like, yeah, maybe they do go out and get this guy. But like you said, it just, the more you think about it, they're all they're constantly it seems like sort of trading up and trying to get the guy yeah. as opposed to letting the the draft come to them like yes. let's just a, take as many as it's possible and sort yeah. of not do the chicago bears thing this one time it's a very ryan p right. move yes uh, that hopefully this ryan p will not emulate uh to to constantly give up capital to move up a couple spots uh but that three technique is an important spot for them uh, no doubt. So I guess my, uh, I think my next nightmare scenario, and again, this is so risky when I haven't even seen the guys play, but <laughs> the, the Lucas Van Ness thing. Yep. Uh, that's his name, right? Yep. Iowa. Yeah. I, uh, and look, this is entirely, this is my Patrick Williams theory. Uh, he didn't start in college. Yep. How could he possibly be a top 10 pick? Right. Like, I don't care what the reason is. He did not start in college. That says something. He's an interesting one because I've seen him, right? I've, I've definitely seen mocks where the Bears do take him at nine. And there's also mocks where I've seen him like in the 20s. So he definitely is an interesting one. And I agree, it is risky when I haven't, you know, done a ton of Lucas Van Ness homework. But I agree, it, especially like in college, you could sort of with that with, with the NBA, you could sort of try and play out the physical traits. In the NFL, it just it doesn't. It's so much like I feel like it's so much harder to do. The guy just what at Iowa, it's not like at a school that's constantly producing all these stud offense, you know, defensive linemen like Georgia. Yeah, it's. I agree that that was one of them, the ones where every time I saw that guy's name linked to the Bears, I was like, oh, I'm not, not a huge fan of that one. And he is, he's a Chicagoan, right? Did I see that somewhere? That I don't know. 
I think he's from Barrington, maybe. All right. What, do, you have an, do you have another one that you really don't want to see happen? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of them taking either of the corners, and I don't think either of the corners, in Witherspoon or uh, Christian Gonzalez, I don't think – I'll preface this by saying, I don't A, I don't think either of the corners will be there for them at nine, but yeah. B, I actually do think that cornerback is a bigger need than people are letting on with this roster. I, I do too. But I, I, if that's one where I, I would rather just see them go off right offensive line and, and shore up, um, you know, find someone who could potentially play left tackle and just build around fields as opposed to, it's not like, you know, any of these prospects are, I, I just, I haven't seen any of them in that sort of elite uh, level where it potentially warrants just going best available with one of them. So uh, yeah. to me, I I wouldn't love if either of them were the were the pick at nine. Yeah, I and and we've talked a little bit about this. I don't want. I definitely do, do not want that. Uh, I pretty much, if they can't get, if they're going to stay at nine, and you know, I I think there's a small chance that one of these guys, between, uh, well, not Anderson. I could see Wilson falling to them somehow. I don't know why. Someone always falls on draft day. Yeah. Uh, but if they can't get one of those, which you know, that's even less likely than Carter, but if they can't get one of those guys, I am all in on going offense. I don't think anybody, anybody else on defense is enough of a difference maker for them. And they so badly need someone up people up front that I agree with you that, you know, taking a corner, it's just, the value just isn't there right. for this and- team. I, did I ask you? You'd rather go oh, if they if they do end up staying at nine. You'd rather go. We'll we'll call up Paris Johnson over in Jigbo, right? Yeah. Although I will say that the more I, when I'm thinking about it, it's like yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. Sur- I don't want to be on the Penny Sewell side of the Jamar Chase argument. Right. Right. That was sort of my thinking <laughs> with with JSA. Yeah. Um, but there also is something to be said. Look, the guy holds the ball too long. There, there's no doubt that. So even getting some line guys might not help all that much because he just holds the ball too long. So maybe the solution is get get more guys who can get open more quickly. Yeah. Uh, so the more I think about it, I probably would still lean just take Paris Johnson. Uh but I don't think it's a terrible idea to take a guy who is pretty clearly the number one receiver uh, on the board and probably other than the quarterbacks. And I guess maybe some would argue Robinson, the one who's going to be the biggest difference maker. If he comes out after his 21 season, or let's just say last year was basically, he, he just has what was his 21 season. Where, where do you think he's going? I mean, I don't think he's he's there for the Bears at not. Yeah, that's yeah. He's not. He's in the the Jamar Chase range, right? I would assume he's in the top five. Um, I think the one thing though is that the the hardest thing about that for me is that look, it's like at the end of the year, it's like oh boy, they really need to get a tackle. Right. And then they don't get a tackle in free agency. They sign a guard and now they're not going to draft a tackle. Uh, 
with one of these top picks, it's like, well, when are, how are they going to get a guy who presumably can start for this team? And like I, mean, I said, I'm just talking, uh, I almost said pace polls track record, right? We haven't loved what he's done with receiver, but Braxton Jones in the, what was it? The fifth round. Yeah. I mean, that was a great pick. That's a great pick. And so maybe you do trust the guy to, yeah, to go fair. out in, in a later round and, I mean, I think he played offensive line himself, right? So that's what they, that's what they claim, yeah. So maybe you say, all right, here's as as a scout, Ryan pulls the scout. I can go in the second, third, fourth, whatever it ends up being, and get my tackle. Let me go and take the more obvious pick and in Jigba and not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. You're the, the uh, you're not selling me on Robinson though. Yeah, uh, I, I, mean, I will bend. I, right, so I wait, also, it, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I said that I would probably be uh, Paris Johnson Jr. I think I've called Paris Jones at least once. Uh, uh, who would be your, if they are going to take a tackle, who is the one that you would take? I think I'm going to go Skaronsky. Okay. I get there are some concerns with people saying that he, he slides inside, but I've just seen him consistently be the top ranked tackle yeah. on the board. So in a year where it's going to be sort of hard to project and it seems like they're all close, I just feel the most comfortable going with the guy who's who's consistently rated one at that position. Yeah. And look, I think that I I hate the shit. Like, oh, his arms are too short. It's like, come on, really? Like right. that's really a thing. Like the I get that there's some advantage to having long arms, but like isn't being a good uh, technician isn't that more important than having thirty-five inch arms instead of thirty-three and a half inch arms? Right. At the end of the whatever. day, the film like is what the film was, and the guy was an awesome tackle at Northwestern. Yeah, but I, I guess I assume that there's more to the he might have to be a guard than the arms thing. If it is just the arms thing, then that's incredibly stupid. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I don't like. Uh, Skaronsky has too much of a stereotypical, like, uh, Bears fan wet dream last name, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think he is, although I think he grew up a Packer fan, so that sort of takes away any sort of this is a Chicago kid, let's go out and take it, right? I guess I just, uh, yeah, there's something about that. I'm like, no, this is like too, it's too on the nose for them to take this guy with the with this last name, yeah. I definitely think one of the the themes that we're both sort of pointing to is let's just do the thing that's kind of antithetical to what this franchise <laughs> has nor- would normally do yes for the last 30 40 years yeah is there any other is there any other uh thing that you don't want them to do you absolutely don't want them to do i mean the, that quarterback I, thing is i'm thrown for a loop i have i have not seen that i would lose my mind if they did that no it'd be it'd be absolute insanity and uh, maybe it was just someone sort of saying it's you know a Tuesday at three thirty and we need something to talk about on the NFL yeah, live. Yeah. So let me just throw this up there. But the fact that I saw it this close to the draft by yeah, someone that's... who gets paid to talk about football, I just had to put it in there as this would be right. a cat catastrophic pick. Yeah. So there's no one else that you're like, oh boy, I don't like this guy. Anyone that's been tied to them that you really um. Nah, do you, I mean, oh, 
Oh, I, I did just see something on Canty where it's like no one with arms, and I know we, you just said you hate this for, but no one with arms that short has been successful and has had like more than ten career sacks. So that definitely did did give me a little bit of pause. Um, but they, I mean, how many guys have they have you really seen you know, mock to them? I've seen the tackles, I've seen Carter. Uh, I think I've seen all. I've seen Wright. I've seen Jones. I've seen. I've seen all four tackles. Right for sure. Which of those guys do you like the least? Uh probably Wright, just because everyone says it sounds like he plays right tackle, and that's what he played at college. You know, he was. I don't know if you know a lot about him, but he was pretty highly recruited uh, out of high school. Played a left tackle originally. Couldn't cut it in college and moved over to the right side. Yeah. So that's, I don't know how then he's going to move back to left tackle on the Bears and be successful when he could do it in the SEC. Yeah. Wasn't there, wait, was it Wright or was it Jones that supposedly put some really good tape up against uh, Anderson? It was was Wright. That's why I think also, like, I I hate to, like, the one game lifting. Lifting the guy up here, like all right, we just point to the one game, and I think it was happening a little bit with Stroud, honestly, where people were pointing the George game. It's like as as sort of the justification for the pick. Mm. All right, so I think we're probably—I don't even know how long we're at, but we're probably longer than we wanted to be, and probably longer than anyone who we convinced to listen to this wants it to be. But are there other? Uh, I did want to real quickly, like other guys that you've seen that you like that not necessarily their first round, but like other, other names or people that you would like to see them get. Yeah. So the one guy who different tackle from Ohio state, but I'm I'm definitely going to butcher his name. Dewan Jones. Okay. It's like six, eight massive arms, just a physical freak at Ohio state. And the set I've seen him sort of projected as a second round pick. I think that's the guy that I've, that I've had my eye on. I think he gave up zero sacks and zero QB hits last year. So um, I kind of liked him. And then. So wait, uh, wait, hold on a second with that. Why is he not higher on people's boards? I think he just is. He's slow. He's too big. He's, I think it's, he, yeah, he's too big and he's very slow. So I think his 40 was like a five, three, five with put him in like the, yeah, the bottom, I want to say 20% of tackles so that's sort of the knock on him but when you just look at the tape zero sacks zero qb hits that's crazy yeah that's crazy right like that's kind of in in, let's see what it says here in 419 pass block pass block snap the guy allowed zero sacks and zero that's the guy who i had my eye on um if he's able to fall to them in that 50 range i've seen him looking at a big board right now that has that 49 the guy that i was gonna say that i've had my eye on uh, is wide receiver uh, Jaden Reed, who is a Michigan State kid. Okay. Uh, where has is, where is he sort of been projected to go? Uh, I'm just, I'm looking on, uh, I think this, I don't know, on ESPN, they have him ranked 53 overall. Okay. So, talk so about you like that's exactly where they're kind of picking. Yeah. Uh, he is a very good return man. I think mostly punt returns. I don't even know if he returned kickoffs. Uh, I mean, the only the biggest... thing that Bayless Jones is able to potentially do. But the biggest, what? 
kickoff? Yeah, kickoff and punt. Well, he could, but he already he can't even do punt. Yeah, well, listen, when he doesn't drop the ball, he's at least able to be explosive. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good when you can. We can count on you not to drop the ball a good forty-five percent of the time. Yeah. All right. So Jaden Reed. So Jaden Reed, uh, really good return man, good receiver. Uh, most importantly, went to my high school. All right. Yeah. That's that's very fair. Um, all right. So is there well, before we get out of here, is there yeah. sort of three what do they have? They have three picks in the top seventy, right? Is that correct? I want to they say they have four picks in the four top. picks in the top sixty-four. Okay. So is there sort of are you looking at like here are two to three or even four positions that you you absolutely want to see them hit? Or is it sort of let's let's play the draft out if it's just best available each time? Let's do that. Let's try and get out of there. Maybe with at least a tackle, one defensive I, lineman. I would like to, yeah, I would like to see them with those four picks uh, get a tackle in two defensive linemen, and then probably a corner over a wide receiver. It was between corner and receiver. No, I think I think I'm with you on that. I think I'd rather go corner because I I think that's one of the biggest needs that nobody's talking about on the team. I think Gordon probably plays slot, and then they basically just have Jalen Johnson and are missing a second corner. And, yeah, and Jalen Johnson has not it, been able to stay healthy yeah, and injury. hasn't really been as good as he was as a rookie either. I still like him a lot, and I actually think he's. I do. I'm, I mean, I'm not willing. I'm like, not like I'm saying give up on him. Right. But yes, it, the point is it's a bigger need than than I think people realize. And with the amount of, as I, I'm assuming they're thinking is with the amount of capital they've already spent on receiver, that's going a different direction at least with these with these four picks. Yeah, do you know that Duke Shelley was like one of the highest rated cornerbacks last year? Actually, I think I did hear that. As, that like, he as, went to Minnesota. He went to Minnesota. Yeah, and finished as like the number three or something graded cornerback uh by pff and look we can argue about that what the the validity of those rankings but it says something yeah i'd rather be higher on that list than lower <laughs> right. right yeah this is a guy that couldn't cut it on a team that has no cornerbacks like how how do they how does that happen yeah is it All coaching right. let's uh let's wrap this up and get out of here um I think it is going to be a really, really fun draft. I'm sort of excited to see how how it ends up panning out. Seems like all we we kind of know right now is that Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick, and then after that, it could be could be utter chaos. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too, and I'm really excited to see uh, a Bears GM not trade up. Yep. Yeah. All right. Good job by you, buddy. <laughs> see you later. See ya.